Oh, Pete. Hello. Oh, David. From the studio in Sun City, Arizona Boomer Radio presents Wealth DNA with Ron the Ronald Naraki. Wealth DNA gives you insights and methods for increasing your net worth. Ron's experience dealing with local and international markets give him insights that can be valuable to any investor. Now here's the host of the show, Ron Naraki. Hello and welcome. We here at the Wealth DNA Radio Show are honored that you're joining us today. Now, whether you're on the West Coast sipping a cup of coffee on the East Coast where our guest is and you're getting ready for lunch, or you're in Europe, you're heading home, or maybe you're somewhere in between, or you're listening to the archive of the show, but any way you are listening or wherever you are, I'm sure you'll be glad you joined us. A recent study of journalists was done by Indiana University that I found fascinating, especially being in this field to some extent. The study results were summarized by The Atlantic as miserable, liberal, overeducated, underpaid, middle-aged men. Hmm. The seven key findings over the last 43 years that they analyzed this, journalists are more liberal than they were before. They're less satisfied with their job. Their median age has risen 10 years since 1971. Journalists are mostly men, but that gap, of course, is shrinking. They are highly educated, but not rich. And surprisingly, they're more moral than in the past. I won't get into the definition and how they uh, showed each of those, and they have the numbers behind each. I certainly hope you don't feel either I or Wealthy DNA Radio fits that profile. We certainly aren't trying to reach the general public. Our focus is to help those who want to become wealthy to succeed. We generally recommend reading books, financial journals, following our guests, and turning off the TV. I'm currently reading Dr. Wayne Dyer's Excuses Begone, a book not specifically aimed at savers investors, and yet I can highly recommend it. Just figure out what excuses are holding you back before you even start reading it. Today we'll be talking about market-linked CDs, which you may have heard, uh, we, you may not have heard of yet. And, and don't be surprised, don't feel bad. I also wasn't aware of them until a few months ago when one of our listeners told me about them. She happened to know, since she works for a company that markets these market-linked CDs. By the end of the day's show, you'll be more knowledgeable than you were at the beginning, by far, and maybe even knowledgeable enough to decide whether they're an investment that might make sense for your portfolio. Now, regular listeners know that our objective here is to share the investment fundamentals and inform you of investments that might help you build your wealth. We want to help one million people become millionaires, and ideally, you'll be among them. The decision as to whether these market-linked CDs are right for you, just like the decision to be wealthy and whether you listen to this radio show, is clearly up to you. Each decision is up to you. We think our job is to present the fundamentals, good ideas, opportunities, risks, and rewards. The decisions are up to you. Today is May 12th. 2014. It's 9.04 here in Arizona, 12.04 on the East Coast, and 18.04 in continental Europe. It's the only day ever like it, so we'll do everything possible to make it a great one. You're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. The show airs every second and fourth Monday at 9 a.m. in Arizona. Now, if you don't receive a reminder of the show, you might want to connect with us on Twitter or Facebook where we post reminders. Just connect with The Ronald, put together as a single word. We'd like to thank our sponsor today, BI Solutions Corp., a residential real estate fund in the Phoenix-Scottsdale area, for helping us put together and share some great information with you. Now, I certainly hope you can join us each time we air, but if you miss a show, you can find them on the archives. Just go to www.wealthdna.us, where we list each of the shows, both upcoming and archived. Now, we welcome your comments and questions during this show. I recommend using the chat window. You know what? I haven't even checked that it is up and running, and I sure hope it is there. Pete, I know you were running a little bit tight today with uh, a couple other things going on, so I'm going to go ahead and refresh that. My apologies. I just didn't get a chance to check. 
But with the uh, chat window, this is the easiest way to send us some questions. But you can also call in. Our producer will share that question or comment with us or maybe put you on live. problem is sometimes it's fitting the question in with the time of what we're talking about. That call-in number at the top of the screen is 917-388-4162. Now, since our last show, uh, the U.S. markets have had a lot of ups and up and down days. But quite frankly, they ended Friday about the same level they were during our last show. Hmm. So, that means two weeks of nothing going on, right? Well, there have been two negative signals showing up that we didn't cover in the two recent shows with Russ Wiles and Sinclair Know about where the market is heading. And I'm not seeing the chat window yet there, Pete, uh, so you might want to uh, double-check it. I'm going to refresh one more time, but I'm not seeing it. The uh, first negative signal is margin debt. As reported by the New York Stock Exchange, it has risen exponentially since 2009 and reached $465 billion in February, a slight downtick in March. The last two occurrences of this kind of exponential rise peaked in, two, uh, in uh, March of 2000, exactly March of 2000. You may remember that month well. $278 billion was the level then. And then it reached $381 billion in July of 2007. Both ominous signals and ominous times. So keep an eye on that margin debt level in the next few months. I certainly will. Now, the second indicator was a divergence of two market indices. Now, according to Sentiment Trader, Tuesday was only the third time, this is Tuesday last week, was the only third time in 35 years of market history that the New York Stock Exchange composite it was sitting at a 52-week high one day before the Russell 2000 dropped below its 200-day moving average the very next day. The last two occurrences were, well, you're probably going to guess it, March of, two, of 1999 and November of 2007. So there are two signals that uh, warned us of the last two major declines. Could they be right? Could it be time for another one? I can't tell you. The U.S. equity markets are off to a record high start today, actually off up very dramatically. Asia was up dramatically, except Japan. Europe just closed, was up. Brazil is up. Everybody is optimistic other than the Japanese investors, at least the Japanese stock market. Today, our special guest to discuss market like CDs is Professor David Nanijian who conducts research in financial economics and teaches graduate-level courses at the American College. Now, you may recall our prior show with a professor from the American College. They're a premier financial educational institution excuse me, for professional certifications in securities, banking, and insurance since the 1920s. So they've been along, around a lot longer than this radio show. Professor Nilligan, boy, I'm going to have trouble. I'm going to have to take a sip of water or something. He's internationally known for his research on investment funds, a.k.a. mutual funds in the U.S., which has been published and presented. New York Stock Exchange, World Finance Conference, Financial Management Association. So he's been around. He's been quoted in several media outlets including Fox News, Time, the Associated Press, and today he can add the Wealth DNA radio show. Let's give a warm radio welcome. Welcome, Professor, and thank you for joining us today, and you're probably going to repronounce your name for me. Nanigian, thank you so much, Ron. Nanigian. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I gave a brief overview of your background. How do you introduce yourself to a new group of people? Well, I'm an associate professor of investments at the American College. Um, been at the American College for four years now. Have a PhD in personal financial planning from Texas Tech University, uh, and I regularly um, do research on on mutual funds. That's my main area of research expertise, and uh, teach course teach a course on mutual funds too at the American College. Okay. Well, let's get you off of your main topic of uh, mutual funds. Or I tend to, on this show, I'll tend to uh, you know, call them investment funds because of our fairly international audience, but uh, mutual yeah. funds, of course, in the U.S. But let's start with the basic definition of market-linked CDs. How would you describe them kind of in a, you know, the, kind of the top-line 30,000-foot uh, view? Well, the 30,000 view definition of a market-linked CD is that they are a depository product where instead of getting interest, you participate in 
part of the upside returns on a major market index um, if the index performs favorably. Otherwise, you just get back your principal upon the maturity of the CD. Okay. Now, as I mentioned on our show announcement, these CDs are not particularly well known. For that matter, it just I, I just became aware of them a few months ago. Why is that? Why are they so little known? Well, there's only a limited number of banks currently selling these market link CDs, um, although I do believe that they are becoming increasingly popular. Um, uh, so, the, and the, I think one of the reasons that we're doing, I think we'll talk about this a little bit later on for their increased mm -hmm. popularity is that a lot of investors are going into retirement now, and they want that certainty of downside protection that pro products such as MarketLink CDs provide. Okay. All right. So they they uh, but they're they're kind of still out there with only a few banks doing them. So you've kind of helped me with right. one piece because. Mm -hmm. um, well, before I be able to head to that, you know, when I when I uh, uh, think about you know a new product coming out, I assume it takes financial advisors who would be the ones that make us aware of these, or unless some people listen to this radio show, but it takes them a little while to get to know some of these new financial products, unless they're very diligent about continuing education or doing a lot of reading. Uh, you know, is that one of the things that holds it back? Is financial advisors just aren't very aware? Yeah, I think so. I mean, most financial advisors are only going to sell products that they're compensated for. Um, so financial advisors who work for brokerage houses or insurance companies naturally are not going to be inclined towards um, encouraging their clients to purchase depository products. Uh, they don't receive any sort of a commission off that. Now let's consider a fee-only financial planner. Uh, do fee-only financial planners sometimes recommend these products to their clients? Perhaps, but uh, like I mentioned, the uh, there's only a limited number of depository institutions currently um, acting in this market. Uh, and I, I should also mention that I believe that another reason for the increased, uh, increasing uh, popularity of these products, although there's still just a, a very small segment of the market for CDs, certificates of deposits, uh, another reason for their increased popularity is that, well, interest rates right now are just so low, and investors want to experience at least the possibility of earning um, a higher rate of return on their investments than that which is offered by um, uh, traditional CDs. Um, uh, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, the, the interest rates on, on, on most CDs now are, are so low because of our monetary policy. Uh, so it gives one uh, the, the, the potential, the potential to get a higher return. Exactly, they're low enough; they probably won't show up on a Richter scale, even if you tried. <laughs> right. uh, but before we forget, let's get your contact information out to our sure. listeners. Some of them are multitaskers; they might want to do a little reading or checking while they're listening to the show. Uh, let's start with the website for the American College. Well, the American College's website is www.theamericancollege.edu. Um, the simplest way to navigate over to my faculty webpage on the American College website is to just go to Google, and then in Google type in the American College David Nanigian, and my last name is spelled N-A-N-I-G-I-A-N. -I -I That's the easiest way for me to help uh, listeners navigate over to my faculty bio. Okay. And they can use Yahoo, and they're allowed to use Bing. And by the way, I don't know if you're aware, but the, the, the name Bing, which of course belongs to uh, Microsoft, is uh, because it's not Google. And I understand that's a true story. Uh, so I, I, haven't, I haven't tested those particular search engines, but I would assume that is probably one of the first uh, links that appears on those as well. Exactly. Worth worth testing out. Uh, Bing yourself sometime, just like people Google themselves, right? Okay. All right, good. That that way they can do a little bit of checking about who you are and uh, what uh, kinds of things you're you're uh, focusing on. Now, when I first heard you know about what, they also, yep, they also might want to check out my Social Science Research Network author page if they're specifically interested oh. in my current research projects. So they can go to www. Um, SSRN.com. S and then in the search, okay. Yeah, it stands for Social Science Research Network. SSRN.com. And then the search field on the website, they can just uh, type in my name, David Nanigian, and mm -hmm. from there they'll be able to um, navigate over to my SSRN author page. 
Cool. See, I learned something new already. Uh, now, when I heard about these uh, market link CDs, first thing came to mind were these indexed annuities. But when I think of market link, that's kind of what came to mind. They're heavily advertised, so I assume they, they have a lot heavier commissions. Uh, are these CDs also kind of uh, uh, created and sold by insurance companies or only by banks? Only by banks, only by depository institutions. Uh, so uh, the, the only, I've only seen commercial banks uh, engage in this market. However, it is possible for other depository institutions, such as credit unions, for example, to work mm -hmm. in this market as well. But they can only be sold by depository institutions. Okay. All right. Now, the uh, question foremost on, on most of our listeners' minds, and certainly on mine, if I owned these MarketLink CDs in 2013, would I have earned a 30% return last year on that CD? No, you would not have earned uh, the, the, that high of a rate of return. What you would earn is the rate of return on the market times your participation rate if you're able to participate in full upside of the market. Now, some of these market link CDs will calibrate the return to the, um, to the, to the holder of the CD as not the total return on the market. So, uh, for example, let's say you bought it at the beginning of last year and sold right. it at the end of last year, and for the purpose of simplicity, say it was exactly 30% rate of return on the market over that period. Right. Well, they wouldn't factor in the return over the one year, but what they'd factor in is the average level of the index over that year or something like that instead, and then multiply that, whatever that return is, by the participation rate, okay? So you have to factor in exactly how they determine your return, you know, whether that's an average of levels or whether it's the actual holding period return. And you also need to factor in the participation rate. So those are two very important things to consider. So, okay. uh, and, but, but additionally, <laughs> to, to, sure. do things, uh, uh, to add an additional layer of complexity, you also have to factor in the possibility of caps. So um, okay. some depository institutions are going to impose caps on the maximum allowable rate of return an investor may, own, may earn in a market link CD. So, for example, let's assume that you do, fall, you do participate in the full upside on the market, okay? You bought the market link CD at the beginning of last year, sold it at the end of last year for the purpose of simplicity. Let's say that the market index was up 30% over the course of that year, okay? Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and you're allowed to participate in that, in that, um, in that full upside subject to uh, a participation rate of 70% and let's say uh, a cap of 8%, okay? So you multiply 70% by the 30% and then you arrive at 21%, okay? So you might think, okay, before considering the cap, that you would earn 21% over the course of the last year in your market link CD. But in actuality, you would, earn, you would only earn 8% because of that cap. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's walk through those backwards just to make sure that these are, these are obviously sure. very, very key sure. considerations. So let's say that a... Um, a uh, bank is advertising these, or you, you, you talk to them, or your financial advisor uh, talks about them, and they advertise a, uh, uh, a market return up to, um, uh, eight, I'll use your number so we don't confuse people here, but up to 8%. So then I, as the consumer, might have assumed that I'm going to earn uh, 8% if the market is, uh, is, is up next year, uh, So because they, they're probably talking about the cap particularly. But now what you're saying is I've got to read the fine print for two more things. A participation rate, which says I get you know X percent of, in your, your example, 70% of that market rise. Uh, and in addition, the market rise is going to be defined as somewhere in the fine print with, uh, with uh, how they're measuring it, whether it's the annual right. or uh, mid-year, so that if they were looking at mid-year and, and, and uh, end of June uh, or beginning of July, the, the return was only 10%, then I'd be going at 70% of 10%, uh, and that's, uh, of course, less than 8 in that case. So I might actually end up with 7%, even though my cap was 8, and the market was be up beautifully. 
Okay. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You All right. It. All right. So three three factors to look for: the cap rate, the participation rate, and of course uh, the the uh, actual the uh, index. The, yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Let me let me remind our listeners: you're tuned to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host Ron Naraki. Look forward to you joining us every second and fourth Monday. If you miss some of the prior shows, like the three I mentioned, or if I uh, if you happen to want to go back and re-listen to those or others, we maintain an archive of shows on www.wealthdna.us. If you'd like to get an email reminder of the shows, just send an email to me, ron at wealthdna.us. We'll keep you posted about future shows and events, or you can follow The Ronald on Twitter or Facebook. Now, a reminder, during the radio show, we welcome you, our listeners, to ask questions, and it looks like we are having trouble with the chat window. And I know we had this problem last uh, on our last show as well, so it sounds the uh, network is having having a uh, technical problem. So I'm not seeing the chat window. So if so, you'd need to call in, and that number is 917-388-4162. And if you go to the top of the screen, if you're coming in through the Internet, you'll find it there as well. Now, our topic today is market-length CDs. We're discussing with Professor David Nadian, who teaches graduate-level courses at the American College David, what if the stock market goes down? Could these market-linked CDs lose money at that 70% or whatever participation rate? As long as you hold the CD to maturity and as long as the depository institution issuing the CD is FDIC insured um, and as long as it says in the disclosure agreement uh, on the CD that um, you're insured, that your principal is guaranteed, then uh, then you'll 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 earn a rate of return of, of zero. <laughs> so you but but you will get back your entire investment. Okay, so you threw in one more bit uh, of uh, well, of course, the condition of holding it to maturity. That one that one's pretty clear, and I think people would understand that's their own fault if they get out earlier. But you throw in another thing. I'm going to look for in the fine print if it's insured by the FDIC. Interesting. Yeah. So, so they need to. What I would recommend that any investor, prospective investor in a market link CD do is, um, when they're searching uh, different banks for market link CDs, is that they go to the FDIC's website and verify that the depository institution is in fact FDIC insured, and then also mm-hmm. they look at the disclosure agreements uh, from the different depository institutions regarding the market link CD on the market link CDs and make sure that it states in the disclosure agreement that they are guaranteed that they will get back their principal if they hold the CD till maturity. As long as those two conditions are met, uh, then as long as they hold the CD to maturity, they will get back at least the amount that they put into the CD. Okay. All right. So the old assumption that I had a... Uh a CD or an investment with that particular bank or a deposit, whatever, uh, and and their FDIC insured is not sufficient. That is important, but it's not enough. Indeed, that market-linked CD has to be FDIC insured as well. So very, very uh, key point, things to look for here in the... uh, and the fine print or in the agreement, as you said. Okay, now, does that uh, in some way imply, let's say the market's relatively flat. It has been for the last Four months, we're seeing a you know a significant uptick today, but that's what happened you know a dozen times this year. Uh, does the investor get at least some sort of CD interest rate return at that point, or is interest rate really zero? That's a great question, Ron, and that's going to also vary from depository institution to depository institution. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if they in today's interest rate environment, any sort of interest rate that they would be offered, it would likely just it would be negligible um, because, for one thing, it's, it's it's certainly going to be less than the interest rate that that depository institution pays on comparable duration uh, uh, plain vanilla CDs. Um, so, and those rates are already low to begin with. So, it's if if they do pay anything, it's going to be somewhere between that and, and zero. Uh, so, it, 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 if the if the depository institution does pay any guaranteed interest at all uh, in today's interest rate environment, I would expect it to be negligible. 
Okay. Now, I assume with most uh, CDs, and you just mentioned the, the term uh, duration, so uh, I assume that you're going to be able to go and, and find different durations, different minimum investments uh, that would uh, yeah, well, drive... Yeah, well, I should say, I should say uh, maturity, different maturity CDs. Mm -hmm. uh, sure. in, terms the, in terms of the minimums, yeah, you're going to see uh, those, those, those minimum uh, uh, initial, the, the minimum requirements, are, those are really going to vary a lot from depository institution to depository institution. In terms of the maturity of the CDs, um, that's also going to vary from institution to institution. Um, typically speaking, you see these market link CDs having uh, five-year maturities, but they can go to as long as 20 years. So um, I want to illuminate another potential. This really um, illuminates the liquidity risk associated mm -hmm. with these CDs. So take an investor who, let's say, just retired today, just turned, uh, say they, they just retired today, and they're thinking about funding their retirement with um, a 20-year market link CD, well, they cannot liquidate any of that CD until 20 years from today. They may be dead 20 years from today, so they may never uh, be able to enjoy the benefits from that CD. Um, now, this, some uh, depository institutions will allow for early withdrawal of market link CDs, but typically there are severe penalties associated with that, and, it, and it, it, so that, that's something to be aware of. If, if they are able to get their money back at all prior to maturity, there's typically speaking severe penalties associated with that. Okay. All right. Now, let me come back to the FDIC and, and, and at a point you made at the very beginning, potentially, and I, I haven't seen them yet, but uh, and, and over time we'll probably see them. Let's say a, a credit union uh, would issue these. So the same thing I'd be looking for, but instead of FDIC, in that case, I'd be looking for that uh, very cryptic name, I don't know, something NCSIF uh, yeah. or something like that. So they, they would have yeah. that same proviso where they may or may not uh, insure that particular, uh, that particular investment. Okay. I, I, I uh, would assume that the rules and regulations for credit unions would be uh, the same as those that govern um, commercial banks with the sale of market with in terms of the guarantees for insurance on market link CDs. I'll be completely honest; I'm not 100 percent sure about that, but I would, sure. I would assume that the rules and regulations are similar. Okay, and I just I'd make sure our listeners are not looking for FDIC insurance and throw out the uh, you know the possibility of doing the credit union because they just have a different uh, insurance fund that has a little bit longer name to it than uh, than the FDIC. Right. Good uh, point. And, and how about the investment return? Uh, would the FDIC ever insure the investment return since we're talking about something that's variable? That's, a, that's, a, that's another great question, and it depends on how the returns are credited to the investor's account. So mm -hmm. if it's uh, credited intertemporally, so to speak, so for example, let's take the investor in a 20-year um, maturity market link CD, and let's mm -hmm. say that it's credited every year, then and at, at this bank it goes under, let's say, um, 10 years from today, okay, so halfway through right. the maturity of the, uh, of, the, of the term of the market link CD. Well, then the amount that has been credited would be FDIC insured. But then let's take another bank. Let's take another bank, and they issue, an FD, uh, they issue a market link CD that also has a 20-year maturity, but they don't credit the investor's account until maturity, and that mm -hmm. same bank goes uh, goes under 10 years from today, okay, halfway through the term of the in investor's uh, investment in the market link CD. Well, then that investor is only guaranteed their principal and not any um, uh, any of the re return on the market since the purchase of the CD. You see what I mean? Wow. Yeah, I sure do. Boy, I just learned something else new in that. But again, with, with a regular CD today, you know, if they posted interest uh, every year, it wouldn't make a difference. You know, so whether it's $2 uh, that's guaranteed or not, doesn't make a lot of difference. So, uh, But with these, that could be significant if indeed you're yes. seeing 7 or 8% return. Yes, some so that's year, another so, thing uh, that an investor is definitely going to want to look into in the disclosure agreements uh, when they're um, searching the marketplace for market link CDs. 
point, you can you know, almost have a little checklist of, of when you go into shop for these things, a little checklist of things to be reading and looking for. You definitely yeah. don't want to just invest in one because it sounded like you're, you heard, you know, using your numbers, you heard that it was an 8% return. I mean, that sounds great, but it happens to be one of uh, 100 factors in there. I'm exaggerating with 100, but right. uh, nonetheless, a lot of different factors that you have to watch out for. So, uh, good. Yeah, good, I'm just good, giving an introductory here. level discussion here of these products, uh, marketing sure. Uh, but both the FDIC as well as the SEC have some really good literature, uh, consumer-oriented literature posted on their uh, websites, uh, FDIC.gov and SEC.gov. So if you go over to the FDIC's website, they have a, a, an FDIC uh, consumer news article uh, from spring of 2012 called MarketLink CDs. Don't let the possibility of higher return cloud your view of potential risk. And on the mm-hmm. SEC website, they have uh, uh, SEC.gov, SEC.gov, they have a, a, a good brief um, article on the risk associated with equity link CDs. So if you can go over to SEC.gov and type in equity um, dash linked CDs and, and, and read that. So I'd certainly encourage the listeners uh, to, to consider those pieces of literature as well. Okay, and I, hopefully they're readable, not unlike a lot of government contracts. These are, these are, no, these are, these are very consumer-oriented, yes, very readable. Excellent, excellent. Now, one of the fundamental concepts I often remind our listeners of, there are really only two ways to invest. Within all of these products are just variations of that. You can either loan or you can own. And clearly CDs and bonds would be loans you know, to the institution that's issuing them. We often talk about, I own a bond, but it's really a loan. I just have a note that's kind of documenting it. And on the other hand, of course, equities are an ownership in that company. What would these market links see? CDs be? They're not really, they're kind of a, a little bit of each. Would you call them a hybrid? Well, in that sense, really any CD is essentially a hybrid because anytime an investor lo- lends money to a depository institution through purchasing a CD, that depository mm-hmm. institution is putting that money to work by owning assets. Um, so what they do is they they, they they lend that they they put that money to work by making car loans and home home loans and student loans and all kinds of loans. Um, so instead of making loans, what the bank is doing with MarketLink with a MarketLink CD, when an investor purchases the MarketLink CD, they they're 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 in that sense lending their money to the bank. But what the bank is owning with that mm-hmm. money that is lent to them from the investor in the MarketLink CD is not um, is not uh, they're not putting that money to work into car loans and home equity loans or student loans or those types of things. What they're instead doing is they're uh, they're typically speaking purchasing call options on major market indices. Okay, so th- 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 so that allows them to provide the investor in the market link CD with a positive rate of return if the market performs favorably, and it also protects them on the downside so that the bank or the uh, other or, – or so that the bank doesn't uh, suffer losses to their general fund if the market performs poorly. Do you see what I mean? Okay. Oh, I sure do. As a matter of fact, that was going to be one of my key questions here is how do, I, yeah. how do we construct these things? So what we're really talking about is they're holding some of that on deposit, but instead of getting a, a uh, interest rate to, to, to hold that money, they're in essence taking some of that uh, uh, money and buying options, which allows them to give you that market participation. And again, then I start to understand why the participation rate, because the, the, the mm-hmm. level of option holding will affect uh, how much uh, return you can actually get. Yes. Yes. All right. So, so yeah, investor... so instead of providing the investor with the regular amount of interest that they would earn on a plain vanilla CD, um, they're they're reducing the amount of uh, interest that they that the investor earns uh, because in, instead of paying out interest, what they're doing is they're purchasing call options on major market indices. Okay. 
All right. But now, if I as an investor wanted to accomplish the same, uh, I, first of all, I'd have to have a margin account or at least the ability to buy options in my, uh, in my account, correct? You would need the ability to buy options in the account, yes. Okay, but when I think of that, uh, most IRAs, or at least a lot of them I've run into, don't. Well, of course, they won't allow a margin account. I haven't found any yet, uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of them also the, the, won't allow the, purchasing options. Um, well, with IRAs, they can never allow margin trading. Um, that's because of an IRS no-loan regulation. Mm-hmm. Now, with option trading, however, they they are allowed to – offer some types of, of option trading. Um, the, the, the IRS does allow that in IRA accounts, but not all brokerage houses necessarily allow that. Right. So that's going to vary from one brokerage house to another. The, the extent of option trading allowed and the types of options trades an investor may place in an IRA account. Okay. All right. So I, I guess one of the things I'm getting at is if somebody is looking at using their IRA funds for this, then uh, sometimes going to the to the bank and, and buying these market link CDs may be a lot easier than trying to do it on your own because you may have other restrictions on your account that uh, would, would hold you back for trying to do it. And, of course, the time consumed and research you have to do on those options. But nonetheless, um, uh, there, there would be one of the advantages if you're using IRA funds. It's going to be a lot more difficult than you would in a, in a standard account. Yeah, well, if most of the investors' um, investable assets are housed inside an IRA, then one strategy they may want to consider is uh, transferring at least part of their IRA over to that depository institution that offers mm-hmm. MarketLink CDs and then owning that MarketLink CD inside an IRA account with the depository institution, you see? Exactly. Sure do. Sure do. Now, why would an investor want to consider these? Um, would it be capital protection? Uh, would they downside kind of look protection. at it as? I'm sorry. Yeah, capital protection, downside protection. So there's a, a really interesting um, literature, uh, behavioral finance, and one of the main findings in behavioral finance um, uh, has been that investors are loss adverse. Um, so uh, what that means is that the pain that they experience from a loss in the market is the magnitude of that pain is much greater than the magnitude of the pleasure that they experience from a gain in the market, you see? So take, mm-hmm. a, for example, a, a, a 1% loss in the market. The amount of pain that they experience from that 1% loss is much more than the amount of pleasure they would experience from a 1% gain in the market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So these market link CDs are a potential way to, um, uh, to help uh, loss-adverse investors. Um, they, 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 help, they provide the downside protection that, these loss inverse, that loss-adverse investors crave. And the prior research has shown that contrary to um, the traditional uh, textbook finance theory, most investors are loss-adverse. So uh, these types of capital-protected financial products, such as, for example, market-linked CDs, can be used to help meet those uh, specific needs of loss-adverse investors. Okay. Yeah, as I was just when you say that, I was kind of thinking through the you know so many people that are that are risk averse and loss averse as, as you had referred to them, uh, and at the same time they'll go out and buy a few uh, lottery tickets each time the the uh, lottery is high, uh, to, trying to get some of that gain that they're not getting in their portfolio. So it's just kind of uh, an interesting contrast. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. You know, with a, with, with something like that, I mean, albeit irrational, I wouldn't advise uh, gambling to any individual. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if, if they're buying lottery tickets, uh, their downside's protected. Uh, they're right. And then right. out of their losses, uh, the maximum loss that they're going to endure is equal to the amount of money that they spent on the lottery tickets. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. It's just that uh, you know the chances are pretty pretty good you're going to be losing 100 percent very often. Okay, uh, now right. let's let's look at this same thing from from uh, this capital protection for another 
viewpoint. Let's say somebody is uh, loss averse and they're really looking at having uh, some sort of capital uh, protection product and they're looking at CDs or they're looking at uh, uh, equity indexed annuities. Uh, Would you say that person should indeed take a look at these market linked CDs as an alternative? Um, They or the financial planner working on their behalf uh, should consider all the products available in the marketplace. So they should do a cost-benefit analysis um, uh, um, covering not only market-linked CDs, but also equity index annuities as well. And it's going, the decision is going to be very investor-specific, okay? So um, some of the benefits, clearly one of the main benefits of uh, most uh, equity-linked CDs, market-linked CDs, is that they um, they come with FDIC insurance of the principal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but with uh, with annuities, on the other hand, there's oftentimes unique tax advantages of, of holding annuities, and also creditor protection benefits. All of that varies from state to state. So, uh, one needs the financial planner or the, the investor or the financial planner working on the investor's behalf would have to factor in. Uh, unique circumstances such as the uh, investor's tax situation as well as their, um, uh, their, their desire for creditor protection and as well as their state of residence uh, when making that decision of whether an equity uh, index CD or a market, excuse me, an equity index annuity or a market link CD would be better. Okay, very good, very good uh, point. Now, before we continue, let me remind our listeners that maybe just tuned in, you're listening to the Wealthy Nate Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. You can listen to the earlier portion on the archive, or, of course, if you missed prior shows, you can find them there, wealthdna.us. Today, our guest is Professor David Nanigian, who conducts research in financial economics and teaches graduate-level finance courses at the American College. Our topic today is market-linked CDs. Now, with that you just talked about, which is the fact that obviously you need to take a look at these, kind of brings me back to the earlier point. If a financial advisor is not aware of the market-linked CDs, let's say they don't listen to this program or they just haven't done a lot of uh, research or staying up with, with what's new out there, then uh, they're going to overlook it, and, and our listeners would need to prompt them with it. Yeah, um, I, I mean, the market for financial products, it's, it's rapidly developing. It, there's, there's so many different types of, uh, types of products out there. I mean, and just, just look at the annuities market, for example. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, 30 years ago or so, I, I mean, you had the, the term annuity or, or, or the life annuity. Uh, but now we have so many different variants. Uh, I mean, uh, so many different types of uh, uh, variable annuity policies, uh, for example, with all different types of uh, guarantees and, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the market is becoming increasingly uh, diverse. Um, so, so it's, I mean, one, one thing to consider, though, is, I mean, from a consumer's perspective, is, is, is this financial planner, are they, uh, are, are they, do they work for a um, brokerage house or insurance company? And if so, are they, are they commissioned? I mean, that's certainly mm-hmm. going to uh, impact the types of products that they're, that they're able to sell. And it would, and uh, it, so that, that's one thing to consider. And then, so uh, if, if they're a fee-only financial planner on the other hand, then they should cover the uh, in, entire marketplace of products. But it's, uh, it's, I, I, I mean, but with the great diversity of financial products out there today, it's not possible for uh, all financial planners, even the only financial planners, to know about every single product in the market. The market-linked CDs are a rather esoteric type of financial product, mm-hmm. although they mm-hmm. are becoming increasingly popular. So I think that um, going forward, we're going to see um, uh, market-linked CDs be uh, becoming increasingly incorporated into um, the, the the training that um, is provided to financial planners. Okay, what are some of the potential disadvantages? Always a very very important point that we need to cover. Well, with market link CDs, the main potential disadvantage is the illiquidity of the CD. So it's mm-hmm. uh, um, very difficult, if not imp- very costly, I should say, if not impossible, to liquidate one's holdings in a market-linked CD prior to the maturity of the CD. 
Um, certainly, uh, market risk is another thing to consider as well uh, with any type of, uh, um, of an equity-leaked investment. Um, you're going to be, it's, it's going to uh, fluctuate to an extent with the value of the, market, of the underlying index, um, although with the market-linked CD, you do have that um, downside protection. Okay, you can you're you 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 are guaranteed uh, the certainty of the amount. That you are guaranteed that you'll get back at least as much as you put into the CD, as long as the bank is FDIC insured and mm -hmm. uh, it, it's and 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 you hold the money in the CD until maturity and as long as it's as in this, the disclosure agreement that it is principal protected. Then you're fine in terms of uh, in terms of um, certainty against certainty that you'll um, get back at least much you put in certainty of principle. Um, you do have to be aware of call risk, although in today's low interest rate environment, that's not really a major um, mm -hmm. a major risk. I mean, I only see uh, interest rates uh, really going up from here. Um, so the um, so yeah, I mean, and, and those, those I think would be, in, in, in my opinion, the, the main risk associated with uh, market link CDs. So um, you, you also yeah, I would, I think I'd add one, and that would be not knowing what you're getting, and that's reading through a right, lot of the things we right. talked about earlier. Yeah, these, these are these are much more complex than your plain vanilla CDs. So you have to really look through the disclosure documents and make sure that you understand the cal how the returns are calculated what the participation rate is, and uh, if there are any caps, um, what, what those caps are. So, um, and, and sometimes there's also, uh, you also have to consider um, how, how these are, are treated for tax purposes as well. Uh, so these are all um, different, different things that you need to carefully think over before putting money into a MarketLink CD. Okay. A tougher question is, obviously not every product is good for everybody. Uh, if you were to categorize the investor that probably shouldn't be buying these or uh, that uh, may not be even interested in them, uh, you know, what would be some of the characteristics of, of an investor that it may not be appropriate for? Market link CDs aren't going to be appropriate for investors who are Either very uh, very risk adverse, or who who are um, who are not loss adverse at all. Okay, so mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. an investor okay. if, if they if they want to if they just want to see stable growth in their portfolio, and then the market link CD is not for them. Okay, if also if an investor if if if, if they the amount of displeasure if the amount of pain that they endure for a given level of loss is um, not greater than the amount of um, pleasure or joy that they have from the, the same level of market gain, okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then, then the, 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 there's not really much for them to gain from the downside protection that's provided by a market link CD, okay? So if they're, if they're, if they're not loss adverse, uh, meaning that they don't that the that the magnitude of so meaning that the magnitude of pain that they experience for a given percentage amount of loss is not greater than the amount of pleasure that they experience for that uh, for a, a gain of the same magnitude then mm -hmm. the, then the, the the benefit of the uh, Market link CD is simply not of interest to those types of investors. Does no that make pun sense? intended. Yeah, it did, but no pun intended with no interest. All right, yeah, interest, interest, I got it. <laughs> okay. Now, for full disclosure, I'm not currently investing in these market CDs, partially because I wanted to talk to you and understand them before even considering it. Do you personally invest in any of these CDs? I do not. Okay. And uh, let's remind our listeners of your contact information. Uh, there's like a couple more sure. questions, but I uh, want to make sure we get that out. So what's the easiest way to uh, uh, find out more about the school? Uh, the AmericanCollege.edu. Mm -hmm. I and, always remember uh, the edu. And then we can either Bing, Yahoo, or Google your name, right? Let's, let's make sure that everybody has the spelling correct. 
It's N like Nancy, A N like Nancy, I G I A N like Nancy. Correct, Ninigian, and then sometimes it'll be mispronounced as as I did at the very beginning, even though I know you and we've talked and uh, whatever reason I just. Uh, it was one of those days. Well, you uh, know, what I think it's because when you first saw my name, you 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 saw that's what it. it is. Hear it. That's but exactly what it is. Hear it yeah, before I, they yep. see it, then they they typically pronounce it as Nanigian uh, forever. But if they if they see it written out N A N I G I A N, and 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 then they hear it afterwards, they typically anchor to that which they see rather than that which they hear. <laughs> you bet. You're, you're absolutely correct. Now, we've covered a lot of ground today. What are some of the additional aspects of MarketLink CDs or additional comments you'd like to add? Think carefully about the index that it's linked to. So um, this kind of ties into some of my uh, research projects. So it's been increasingly popular. There's been certainly an increased trend towards index fund investing. And investors do that through all different types of vehicles, mutual funds, variable annuities, exchange-traded funds, and as we're discussing today, they can do that through CDs as well. But by far, the most popular index has been the S&P 500. So when I was a a second-year PhD student, I started to think about this trend of all this money flowing into only 500 stocks, okay, the S&P 500 only has 500 stocks mm-hmm. today. There, when sure. there's thousands of publicly traded stocks in the United States, what might this be doing to the valuations of, the, of the, those 500 companies inside the S&P 500 relative to the thousands of publicly traded companies in the United States that are not members of the S&P 500 index? Well, hmm. in summary, my research shows that joint work with Michael Finca from Texas Tech and Eric Belasco from Montana State, we show that it's that this trend towards index fund investing, it's blowing up the valuations of companies in the S&P 500 relative to their counterparts outside of the S&P 500. So in other words, it appears to be that there is a bubble developing in the market for stocks in the S&P 500. But it's not a time series bubble. It's more of a cross-sectional mm-hmm. bubble. So that, such that the companies in that particular segment of the market, um, the, the members of the S&P 500, they're getting blown up relative to their counterparts outside of the S&P 500. So um, Good point. this paper, the impact of passive investing on corporate valuations is one of um, the many papers that the listeners can download for free from my SSRN author page. So they can go over to SSRN.com and type in my name in the search field in the upper right-hand corner of the webpage, David Nanigian, and then there they will see um, that, that paper, Impact of Passive Investing on Corporate Valuations, and it was recently published in Managerial Finance. You know, you just raised an interesting idea. I just put on my to-do list here for for the radio show. Uh, Jack Bogle, of course, is is one of the founders of of Vanguard, but also kind of the the grandfather of index funds, big fan of them and and a big proponent. Uh, I'd love to get him on. I actually had a chance to meet him. Of course, I was in the Philadelphia area for a while, and he he, he, kind of lives right up the street from uh, from you there in in Bryn Mawr. But I'd love to get him on the show and ask that question. I never thought of that impact. so, you know, interesting point. Really appreciate your your adding that. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, he's yeah. aware of my research. He um, there when the I presented okay. a paper um, at the New York Stock Exchange a couple of years ago, and there was a lot of media publicity around that event. And the, one of the reporters interviewed um, uh, Jack Bogle, asking him about my research. Um, uh, so yeah, he he had some interesting perspectives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, and he's 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 you know he's diehard in in the index funds and of course low costs and all of those things, which is one of the major drivers. But a great guy. I had a chance to meet him uh, shortly after he started Vanguard, so it's it's, it's a number of years back. Uh, but um, okay, very very good point. Now looking back at our archive of shows, I realized we haven't actually done a show on investment funds, uh, mutual funds in the U.S. Uh, I'm hoping you'd be willing to join us sometime in the future and uh, I would be delighted. You know, to that. join. 
that's your specialty. I mean, that's what we should be yeah. bringing you on for, right? So uh, we're going to definitely put that on our agenda. A lot of people are using them, or they're not using them for a variety of reasons. And I'd love to get your perspective on some of the advantages, disadvantages. The ETF world, of course, has grown up around that. So love to get yeah. uh, your perspective on that in the future. Great. Yeah, I'll be happy All to right. join. Well, it was a real pleasure talking to you, and uh, today, as always, I learn something new every time I talk to you. So uh, lots of great things. SSNR, I am going to check out as well, because I wasn't aware of that. SSRN, Social Science Research Network, SSRN.com. That's what my notes say. Maybe that's not what I said, but I'll have to listen to the archive there. I missed that. So sorry, but thank you for correcting that. But great, great having you on, and uh, look forward to having you back on in the future. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Ron. All right, with Professor uh, David Dinnigan's uh, help, I sure hope we've provided you some good insights in the relatively new financial product called MarketLink CDs. And uh, as I understand, they have been around in the institutional world a lot longer, uh, but nonetheless, the retail investor, like most of our listeners, would not have had access. So there's something new to look into. Uh, it may be your financial advisor doesn't know anything about them. You may have to do, give them a little bit of training. Now, the two recent market signals I mentioned at the very uh, beginning in our intro, this drop in, uh, that, you know, that might cause a drop in equities, if that has you very concerned, then maybe these market-length CDs just might be worth looking into because you can't lose your money as long as it's insured. So a lot of great tips you want to listen to this show before you invest. But nonetheless, uh, it might be something you look into if you're worried about the market go down, going down. Now, I'd say it's especially true if you have your money in bank CDs, the traditional kind that pay you uh, virtually no interest, uh, which you may recall we also discourage you from on this show. You may even remember my two phrases for CDs, certificates of depreciation and a crummy deal. Both stand for C or CD stands for both of those terms. Now, those standard uh, bank CDs may provide you an insured principal and a minuscule interest return, but they also come with one other uh, a guarantee that many CD holders are not aware of. And that guarantee is that the CD will be worth less than when you put your money in. Why? Inflation and taxes, and of course, minimal return. Personally, I'd need to do a little more research on the durations and likely returns on these uh, market-linked CDs and decide whether they would make sense in my uh, portfolio, which is fairly well diversified. With yeah, well, you know what, Ron? You actually you eliminated another uh, another another yeah, risk with right. these market-linked CDs, and that's an inflation risk. So these are uh, these are uh, if, if let's say at the these I mean in real terms you may get back less than what you put in uh, because of inflation, you see. Correct. Well, you definitely do that with regular CDs, so there's there's another risk let's put in for, for the market-linked CDs. Now, I'm, I'm personally heavily invested in real estate, precious metals, equities, a number of short equity positions in the event of a decline, and my fixed income is primarily in private mortgage loans. Now, I haven't owned a bond for more than five years and a CD for about... 35 years. So for those of you listening to the archive of this show, whether 1, 5, or 20 years from now, you'll have the benefit of hindsight to see whether our listeners and I should have added MarketLink CDs to our portfolio. For those of you who took my suggestion at the end of our show one month ago to review Sinclair Noe's recent commentaries on eatthebanker.com, you already knew about the divergence of the two equity uh, market indices I mentioned at the beginning. He happened to mention that either on Thursday or Friday. I believe it was on Friday. Now, remember, our goal is to help you and one million listeners become millionaires. If you missed part of today's discussion, the link in the announcement will take you to the archive version. And, of course, you'll always find the full list of past shows on WealthDNA.us. We'd like to thank our sponsor, BI Solutions Corp. Residential Real Estate Fund in the Phoenix-Scottsdale area for helping us put together this great show for you. And you won't want to miss our next show. We'll be talking to Ellen Brown about the web of debt. And there certainly is plenty of government and personal debt all over the world. She's proposed some intriguing concepts in her books, Web of Debt and the Public Banking Solution. I certainly plan to be there. The Wealthy Nia Radio Show will be the fourth Monday of May. That's the next one. That's Monday, May 26th at 9 a.m. Arizona. Same place, same time. And yes, it will be a holiday in the U.S., so plan to get the family together around the radio player. We will be here live to talk to you and talk with you. 
We always have the lineup of guests and topics on WealthDNA.us, and there you'll also find the archive of past shows. If you have comments or questions, you haven't received my emails, reminding you about the show, just send an email to me, ron at WealthDNA.us. We'll keep you posted about future shows and events. Happy investing. You've been listening to Wealth DNA with Ron Naraki on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com. To reach the Boomer and the Babe, email host at boomerandthebabe.com or friend them on facebook.com slash boomerandbabe. And on Blog Talk, you can friend them at blogtalkradio.com slash boomerandbabe. Follow their tweets at twitter.com slash boomerandbabe. Be sure to make the second half of your life the best half of your life. And remember, at 50, you're just getting started. <laughs>